Welcome to Farmer Talk Radio Podcasts. I'm pleased to share a panel discussion from the 2022 Craco Conference on the topic of addressing barriers to patient community access through nonprofit partnerships. For more information about the Craco Conference, our editorials, podcasts, and webinars, please visit cracoevent.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Craco community. I have to tell you how exciting it is to be sitting here. First of all, we're all back together. It's been a three-year hiatus for in-person. And as I think back, I think six years ago was the first in-person half-day session that we had. And I'm going to say it was a small, high quality, but it was a small group in this Craco community. So looking out and seeing how this movement has grown even in the face of a pandemic and bringing you here today is amazing. So thank you for being here. And thank you for um, our speakers this morning. You actually have caused me to pivot a little bit in terms of how we're gonna be leading this discussion, which is gonna be very focused on the importance of partnership. And we've already heard so much in terms of the importance of partnership. And we were gonna really lead with talking about barriers to community engagement and access and trustworthiness. But with my esteemed panelists here, we're gonna really be trying to drill down, I'm gonna say, on solutions. Um, again, our speakers before us, I think, gave us a lot of substance in terms of the extent to which this is a real issue. And so today, we'll be here to focus, hopefully, on on tools and ways in which uh, we are building meaningful partnerships to address some of these opportunities. So with that, my name is Jennifer Byrne. Uh, I am the founder of Greater Gift, a nonprofit organization. As I sit here today, I'm gonna wear more my nonprofit hat. I also am the CEO of Javara. And with me joining is Kushal and Amanda and Kushal. Perhaps you can give us a little bit of your background. Yep. Hi, Kushal Gohil. Uh, I lead corporate strategy and innovation at Parixel. Uh, this is my hometown, so didn't have to go through the Logan pains to get here. Delighted to be here, Amanda. Good morning. I'm Amanda Wright. I'm the chief development officer and one of the co-founders of Javara. Um, it was the first integrated research organization in the US, and uh, pleased to be here. That's great. So if we could just really kind of, um, I want to lead with a question here for the group. Interested, how many of you in the audience have in the past or actively are working with nonprofits in partnership to advance clinical research? A show of hands. Excellent. Okay, we're further ahead. <laughs> we're further ahead than maybe we had thought as we were planning for this. Uh, so that's great. Just by a little bit of background, um, just to set the stage, um, because we are going to be focused on some of the work that our respective organizations are really hyper-focused on through a specific nonprofit. This is just one nonprofit, so we're using this as a basis of giving you further insight in terms of how partnership really can be used. And I'm going to say on Dr. Um, Bird's terms, the building the trustworthiness um, obstacle that we all here are, are here to help solve and contribute to. Um, so with that, um, Greater Gift was actually founded as a sister organization, in a way, to 
my former clinical research company um, many years ago. Founded about 12 years ago, by the end of this year, we will have actually contributed about 150,000 vaccines to children in need, meals through Feeding America to hungry kids, and now, beginning two years ago, we've moved into scholarship, so granting scholarship at a community-based level. Tomorrow night in Durham, North Carolina, we will be awarding six students associated with Durham Community College scholarship to advance clinical research as, as a career option. So this has been really meaningful work, and this has been work that has been done starting with one partner site organization. Fast forwarding to today, there are so many of you in this audience and others that have supported uh, the organization, so the collective impact has been that we have together thanked 150,000 people for their clinical trial participation. All right, so first question, Amanda. As our Chief Development Officer for Javara, and Kushal, as the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Innovation, I think the point has been made, advancing partnership does not just happen, right? We have to be thinking about new and creative ways. So question for you, Amanda. What do you see as really the main opportunities that we have to better address community access to patients, building those bridges at a community level? I think first and foremost, um, looking introspectively into those communities where you are operating, where you expect to be, and thinking about who are those right partners. Every community is different. There's a lot of variabilities uh, across populations, across, across neighborhoods. And um, understanding who those key influencers, who those key um, service organizations are within those communities is extremely important. And so that's the first step. But I'm going to say the second is um, finding the right partner where there's shared mission, vision, value. There, there's a collaborative opportunity that's meaningful to both organizations. And then the third is be consistent. Um, be there. As, as Dr. Bird said earlier, you cannot helicopter in. You cannot visit. You have to live there in a sense of being present consistently. Um, and so I think those are the three, if I think about an approach, those are the three things that I think you have to begin with and be very intentional about. As you work with those partners, you start to uncover the ways in which you can um, interject, intersect, a conversation around clinical research, changing the narrative, as Dr. Bird also noted. Um, but that has to start, I think, with very intentional collaboration and planning. Great. Jennifer, given your distinct background, and you see this from both sides, uh, how are nonprofits kind of helping knocking down these barriers, especially in the areas of awareness, engagement? Can you shine some light on that, please? Yeah, well, I can tell you from a, from a greater gift standpoint, we are seeing some movement with our partners whereby funding is actually being secured uh, from industry. And so we, we are getting engaged from a nonprofit standpoint to help support community engagement. 
but that community engagement is moving away from that we're going to communities as a recruitment strategy. Some of our partners are actually getting line items around community engagement, a line item within whether it's an RSV trial or, I mean, a host of others. And so with that funding, then, we as a nonprofit are able to work at a grassroots, at a grassroots level with local community leaders and doing so in, in building bridges with Feeding America, for example. The, the Gates Foundation, Gavi, is another you know, um, nonprofit that we work with. So securing funding is really, really important with the understanding with our partners that this is not about recruiting for a study. This is about a longer term investment and giving us, you know, really inroads in terms of developing some of those grassroots initiatives. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think uh, if I'm correct, you are sponsoring six students uh, from, uh, I guess, disadvantaged background to have a career in clinical trials. Can you maybe elaborate on that a bit? How did you find these students? Uh, what does the career pathway look like for these people? Yeah, so, I mean, backing up, and, and I want to say I'm going to say a big shout out. Um, Parkcell has been a fantastic partner to this nonprofit for many years, uh, along with many others. Um, there are some, you know, pharma companies, other CROs, integrated research organizations. So, I mean, some really substantive partnership. So we've secured funding. I mean, just in the past year, we have about $100,000, well, probably a year and a half, about $100,000 that gets earmarked specifically for scholarship. Some of this is coming in from our corporate sponsors. In some cases, it's coming from you know, the community and the public. So, um, and from a board standpoint, we have a committee that, that chooses um, you know, the partners and, and where we are going to be funding at a, at a community level. Um, so, you know, it, we're really looking at addressing building bridges because one root cause problem that we have from a community standpoint is we need more underrepresented minorities as clinical research professionals. And I know my dear friend Susan Landis with ACRP, this is a huge area. Again, another nonprofit partnership that is so important. This is some of the work that we're leaning in together as well. Um, and just, just to make sure, I correct this too, Kishal. Tomorrow night is six students. In total so far, we have um, provided scholarship, I think, to about 12 students and growing. Awesome. All right, Amanda and Kushal, what are the gaps which led you to realize the need for partnership, and have you, how have you seen them provide solutions and value? So, Kushal, within within Parkcell, let's start. Yeah, as in, I would say, even if we keep clinical research aside for a minute and just reflect on the pandemic, I think the way people are engaging. Uh, commuting or not commuting to work has really changed over the last two, three years. Uh, the way they get information, the way they process information, 
there are a lot of companies trying to get people back to office five days a week. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, but the same is true for clinical trials. I think the boundaries between where they want to access healthcare is switching. Uh, so it just, I guess, makes sense for us as an industry to bring these clinical trials closer to where the patients are. And I think one of the main ways by which we can do this is to lean on organizations that have really built trust with these patients. Uh, and nonprofits, uh, of course, have a unique uh, position in this equation. So I think as a company, at least Paracel is committed to doing this. And through our Community Alliance Network, we have really picked the partners that can help uh, us do that. So CVS is in the room. I think they are one of our two inaugural partners. And of course, we are delighted to partner with Jawara on it as well. All right, Amanda, you want to take it? Yeah, just from a, a little bit of a different approach, um, going back to the beginning of the idea before Devara had a name, the thought was, you know, if we can really think about where patients are, understanding the gap between how many patients we need to participate in trials and how many that actually participate, um, and then you hear data around 70% varies depending upon the source, but 70% of patients say if it were to, to be my the healthcare system, the provider that is um, overseeing my care who would introduce a clinical trial, I would consider it. And so you suddenly say, wait a minute, there's a connection here. And there is. There's an important connection there. But there's also this other segment of the population that has um, really is inconsistent in terms of how they receive their care. And then you also have to consider that there are different influencers across patients and people. And so how do you start to really consider the entire spectrum? And I think what we realized was that it is extremely important that we are in the community educating about clinical research well before a clinical trial is introduced to a patient uh, for consideration. When they're in a clinic setting and they've just been told that they have a particular disease, a particular diagnosis, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. And um, they're in their own personal walk of life. You know, it may be their husband, it may be their daughter. There are other resources that, that contribute significantly to that decision-making process. All that to say is that is the area of expertise in that clinic, in that clinical trial execution, that is really where Javara, I think, was designed to be um, a domain expert. When you look at the nature of um, the nonprofit world, their domain expertise is community partnership. It is connecting um, and creating those partnerships at a community level. So I think just like we think about what's the role of, of Parkcell, what's the role of a sponsor, we all have a role to play and um, understanding that there is a, a particular expertise that these organizations bring that is very important piece of the puzzle for um, what we collectively desire to do. So I think that was really kind of foundationally the, the aha moment that said, yes, we need clinical research at a point of care, but we actually have to be upstream. We have to be in that community. We have to be creating the, the education, the information 
far before, long before, they're actually getting specific clinical trial information. And, and specifically, as far as outcomes, you know, those outcomes that really matter. Um, it, is, it is a long haul. So specifically, you know, kind of as represented by our triangulated, you know, partnership in a way. You know, we had a long view with a very specific patient population. We knew that the community did not understand, for example, RSV. So well in advance of actually trial enrollment, we activated through the nonprofit community outreach to 38 distinct nonprofit local organizations in five cities. And this work took place seven and a half months before we started enrolling patients. But we started going into those communities, listening, understanding, educating, bringing some community benefit, again, through, through in this case, it was meals predominantly, um, and a little bit of scholarship. And what happened? is we went from a very similar trial where before we had enrolled underrepresented minority overarching a little less than 20%, and in this case, we hit a little over 30%. So these things don't just happen overnight. You have to have the long view on this. And if I can add, I think the trust ledger has different accounting rules. So as you both have articulated, there is no credit in this. You need to first build it, earn it, then you can encash it. So a CRO typically gets 10 days to respond to an RFP. I'm sure everyone is aware. It's just not feasible to do something meaningful in those 10 days. So this can't be transactional if that's the goal, like uh, you might as well focus on something else. Uh, as Amanda mentioned, you need to be in the community uh, without a patient recruitment timeline goal in your mind. And the results will follow, but you need to be a bit more result agnostic if you want to do this right. So. All right, as you can see, we have a lot to say about this. And we're cutting it short, but I think we have time maybe if there's a question or two in the audience. All right, well, sorry, We're, we are gonna use our time. So, Amanda, any, any type of closing comments in terms of one specific strategy or recommendation that you could offer to this audience for action? Um, I would survey the community. Understand who those nonprofit organizations are within the community. Who are those influencers? You would be surprised at who you will find has a tremendous network. The food bank is a, it's a great example. Um, it's actually an example of what Jennifer was referring to. This was a particular organization that contributed significantly to the moving the needle on RSV. The food bank in various communities, I mean, we're talking about touching tens of thousands of people on a monthly basis. And the level of influence um, they have on individuals and what's really important to them is significant. So I can't um, just underscore the importance of understanding those resources and understanding that network of, of influence within a community. Kushal. And I would say we spend an awful amount of time working. So 
like family, friends, pick partners who you really like, whose goals align with yours. Um, and I think with the three of us, CVS, I think that's ultimately true. Like our goals are aligned, patients are the focus. And I think everything else, the governance, everything else falls into place because of that. So thank you and thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. For more information about the Craco Conference, our editorials, podcasts, and webinars, please visit cracoevent.com. Thank you.